Welcome to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. For more details, check out faithcc.com.au. We hope you enjoy this message. What's up, Faith Church? I said, what's up? Okay, so, all right, so I'm from the hood in, in Texas, you know, now. When you're from the hood and you say, what's up, you're supposed to say, what's up? You're supposed to say, what's up back. So when I say, what's up, y'all say, what's up? You got it? Say, what's up, Faith Church? Oh, you got it. Touch your neighbor and say, that was nice. That was nice. <laughs> stay right there on those keys for me. Well, you just stay there. Uh, keys behind you when you talk makes everything better. So if you could just stay there for me, that would just be awesome. Amen. I'm honored to be here. This is my first Australian trip and my first time preaching in an Australian church. Can you believe that? The Lord has caused his face to shine upon the great country of Australia, and uh, the weather is heavenly here. I left, I left uh, freezing 38, 39 degrees in Dallas to land here, and it was like 76 degrees. Uh, I'm speaking Fahrenheit. I'm sure you guys are in Celsius. So what is that, like 21? Am I getting that right? Am I getting close? Okay. Yeah, I'm converting my stuff over, you know, so I'm learning, but I'm excited to be here. This is a beautiful occasion and a great opportunity. Uh, what an awesome pastor you guys have, and Pastor Matt Hines. Come on now, make some noise. What trust he has. I feel honored that he would allow me to speak and pour into you guys in the very first Sunday of the new year. Are you ready for the word? Hey, while you're getting to Luke chapter 8, um, I send greetings from the Potter's House of Dallas, Texas, where none other than Bishop T.D. Jakes is my senior pastor, where I still hold my eldership, and I'm excited that he knows that I'm here. He knows where I am. He's covering me as I go, and uh, I'm just excited to be a part of that great church and under that great man of God there. And um, I'm alone this time. I'm by myself. Uh, but next time I have to bring someone with me because when I show you the picture of this gorgeous family I'm about to show you, you're going to want to meet them too. Do we have pictures of my family? Can you just put a picture up of my family? Look at that family right there. Come on now. Hello, that's my, that's my, hold on now. Now y'all going to clap for my family. They like 10,000 miles away. They can't hear you, but I can't. Can we make some noise for this beautiful family? That's my boo right there. Okay, that's my, that's my, I call her my cutie booty. We've been married 17 years. Amen, she's the mother of all my children. Amen, I got a 16-year-old, a 15-year-old, and a 7-year-old businessman for Jesus. He's going to finance the kingdom. Amen, anything I need when I start my church, he's going to be the fundraiser extraordinaire because he's going to be a businessman for Jesus. So I'm excited. Uh, are you guys there in Luke chapter 8? You guys are already standing, so just remain standing if you can for the reading of the word. It is our custom in Dallas to do that at Potter's House, and I see that you guys already have that custom here. That's awesome. So I'm just going to read a moment, and then I promise you, you can sit. I'll be standing longer than you, so don't worry. I'll get a better workout, okay? Are we ready? Luke chapter 8. Hallelujah. Luke chapter 8, I'm going to be reading from the New King James Version. I know that you probably have other versions, but I'll be reading from that one. And uh, try and follow along with me if you can. I believe God has something to say this morning, and I'm excited to speak into your ears something he screamed in mine. And I'm excited to give it to you. Luke chapter 8, verse 40. We'll read down until Jesus says stop. And it reads, 
So it was when Jesus returned that the multitudes welcomed him, for they were all waiting for him. And behold, there came a man named Jairus. Somebody say Jairus. Say a little bit more force, Jairus. Come on, say it like you got the Holy Ghost. Say Jairus. Yes, and he was the ruler of the synagogue, and he fell down at the feet of Jesus and begged him to come to his house, for he had an only daughter about 12 years of age, and she was dying. And as he went, the multitudes thronged him. Now, verse 43, a woman having a flow of blood for 12 years, who had spent all of her livelihood on physicians and could not be healed by any, came from behind and touched the border of his garment. Mm. And immediately, somebody say immediately her flow of blood stopped verse 45 and Jesus says who touched me for I denied when all denied it Peter and those with him said master the multitudes thro throng and press you and you say who touched me but Jesus said somebody touched me for I perceived power somebody touched me for I perceived power going out from me now verse 47 says now when the woman saw that she could no longer be hidden she came trembling and falling down before him and she declared in the presence of all the people the reason she had touched him and how she was healed immediately and he said to her daughter be of good cheer your faith has made you well go in peace and while he was still speaking someone came from the ruler of the synagogue's house saying to him your daughter is dead do not trouble the teacher but Jesus heard it, and he answered them, saying, Do not be afraid, only believe, and she will be made well. And when he came into the house, he permitted no one to go in except Peter, James, and John, and the father and the mother of the girl. And now all wept and mourned for her, but he said, Do not weep, she is not dead, but sleeping. Verse 53, And they ridiculed him, knowing that she was dead. But he put them all outside. Whoo, side note. Sometime when God's doing something special in your life, sometime in this 2019 that you're moving into, you're going to have to get into a place with God where you get a one-track mind where it is about him and his word and what he's saying to you. And you're going to have to learn how to put out the naysayers, put out the haters, put out the folks who are doubting and unbelievers out of your mindset so that you can obey the will of God for your life. Somebody say amen. But he put them all outside and took her by the hand and called, saying, Little girl, arise. Then her spirit returned, and she arose immediately, and he commanded that she be given something to eat. And her parents were astonished, but he charged them to tell no one what had happened. My assignment for the next few minutes is to speak to you from the subject 24. 24. 24. It'll make sense at the end. 24 will make sense at the end. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much. Thank you for your word. Thank you for the power of the Holy Spirit. Thank you for speaking in this moment. Lord, I thank you that you brought this boy all the way from Dallas, Texas, <laughs> from some of the craziest parts of Dallas, all the way across the seas to speak to this awesome, amazing church called Faith. Now, Father, stand up in me this morning. Hide me behind this pulpit. Help them to see you and not me. I know I'm a big man, but help you be bigger, Father. I pray that as you are lifted up, Father, that you would draw all men in this room, all women in this room, to you and to your presence. We bless you. We give you permission to rule, reign, and have your way in this service. In Jesus' name, somebody say sh amen. Somebody shout amen. That's what I wanted to say. Amen. High five, five people around you say 24, 24, 24, 24, 24, 24. 24. I'll have you guys come back right at the end. 24. 
shameless plug, if you're on social media, Instagram or uh, Twitter, uh, follow me on Instagram. Uh, my life is very interesting. My kids and, uh, and I, we all just love each other so much. Some, some people tell us we ought to do a reality show, but we just do reality social media. So if, you, uh, if, if, you, if you're on the gram, make sure you check us out. And uh, I'd, I'd be honored to have some Australians uh, to connect with on social media. So if you're there, check me out. And that would be great. Ladies and gentlemen, we have the awesome privilege and honor to be able to eavesdrop in on a text on something that happened in history that is absolutely amazing. We're, 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 we're able to witness a conversation and a situation play out. Uh, I know I read it, it had a lot of drama to it, but uh, I, I hope to, to kind of paint the picture and help kind of fill some, some gaps as we discover this text because there's a lot of great content that's hidden in this text. Now, I must admit to you, when I read the Bible, I read the Bible a little different than regular people because uh, I, I read it with a cinematic approach, see? Now, I'm a movie connoisseur, so I like going to the movies. My wife and I love date nights. Hello, somebody. We love date night. We love to go to the movies, and we love to check out new movies, and, and I'm a big, big movie guy. So when I look at the text, I have a tendency to look at the text through a cinematic mindset. So I see camera lenses moving around the text as I'm looking. I'm seeing cameras on this situation. I'm seeing it switch from this one to that one. I'm seeing if it was a soft switch or a hard switch here. I'm seeing how it moved in. I'm seeing how the, the camera swooped over. Was that a drone camera over the top checking the whole thing? I, I'm seeing stuff in my head because I got this cinematic mindset. And as I'm looking at this message, as I'm looking at this situation, there is something that is happening. And, and the greatest evangelist of all time has entered into the city. I'm talking about Jesus, the King of glory. I'm talking about the Lord of lords. I'm talking about the great Messiah. I'm talking about, uh, I'm talking about God made flesh. I'm talking about Jesus. I'm not talking about a regular man. I'm not talking about Jesus, your homeboy. I'm talking about Jesus, uh, the King of glory. He has stepped into the scene with the gangster lean, and he is walking through the city. It is I, Jesus. I am he who have you have heard about. I have come to your city. And all of a sudden, here comes the commotion. The people are gathering around because they're so excited to hear about this dude. I'm talking about Jesus who spit in mud and put it in a dude's eyes, and all of a sudden he could see again. I'm talking about Jesus who healed a dude out on a porch, and, and, and he was hanging around this porch, and he couldn't get down to the water, and Jesus looked at him and said, will you be made whole? And he looks at him, and he tells him to rise and pick up his bed and walk, and he walks. I'm talking about Jesus who calls Lazarus to come out of a grave. Come on, somebody. He was dead and gone three days dead and begin to stink in the grave and Jesus shows up and begins to speak and says Lazarus come forth and, and if Jesus hadn't said Lazarus everything dead in the tombs would have come out because Jesus has just that much power. I'm talking about Jesus. I want to make it clear that we're watching something happen. The people are in great anticipation because they have heard about the signs. They've heard about the miracles. They have heard about the wonders. And all of a sudden, here comes the ruler of the synagogue. His daughter is dying. She's going through a situation, and she is very close to death. She's 12 years old, and they've told Jesus what's going on. And he begins to make his way to the daughter. Because that's what Jesus does. He's the miracle worker. He's the promise keeper. He's the light in the darkness. My God, that is who he is. So he's making his way. Where is she? 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 Where is she?
Sibi, right over here. So she's making her way. They're making their way, and the crowds are gathering around. The Bible says everybody's around, and everything is moving in the right direction. And this movie looks like it's going to be amazing. And then an uninterrupted, an uninvited character steps into this movie that nobody saw coming. I'm telling you, no camera was ready for what they picked up because here comes this woman with an issue. Somebody say issue. Now, now I'm, 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 I'm interested because this is a woman with an issue, and this is a woman that has an issue. And this is interesting because when Luke describes her, he doesn't call the woman by her name. Luke calls the woman by her issue and her problem. He doesn't address her and say the woman, he doesn't say her by her name. He says the woman with an issue, side note, you got to be careful with people who associate you by your issue versus who you are and who God has called you to be and how God has brought you out. You got to be careful with surrounding yourself around people who remind you of your issue and not the healer of your issue, not the person who delivered you from your issue, not the person who set you free from your issue. And so, 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 so Lucas He's describing her by her issue. Now, this woman, if, if I'm going to take camera lenses here, we're going to take notes. The first camera lens focuses on the woman because she is the interrupter of the main thesis, and she has interjected herself in a way that she wasn't invited into the text. She wasn't written into the script at all, and now she has entered into the scene, and she has stopped the parade from happening because Jesus has stopped, and I think it's worth paying attention to a little bit about who this woman is. Somebody say the woman. The woman had a 12-year issue. I'm talking 12 years. Can you imagine having an issue that should have lasted a few days that turned into a few weeks, that turned into a few months, turned into a year, year turned into two, two turns to four. She spent all of her livelihood on everything that she could. She spent everything. She lined up all of her money and spent it on physicians trying to figure out what's going on with her. Now, you got to understand, this was not an average issue. This particular issue, because she had this particular issue, it ostracized her and it kept her away from all the people because she was ceremoniously unclean. She couldn't be around church. She couldn't come around the house of God. She couldn't do those things. So she was outside. She was pushed out. She was ostracized so Imagine having an issue that would keep you from being able to have regular life, that would keep you from being able to celebrate and come together, that would keep you from the house of God, that would keep you from celebrating your Savior. And so now she's going through an issue that's causing hopelessness, and she can't get to the place that brings her hope because she has an issue. Uh, anybody know what it's like to have an issue that would keep you from being what God called you to be. I'm so glad that the Bible is full of people who had issues. See, because some of y'all looking at me right now with your sanctified selves saying to myself, I see, I see your faces saying, I, I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know what he, I ain't got no issues. Ain't nobody got no issues around here. Well, let me tell you something, boo-boo. The Bible has several people who he has used that have had major issues. Hello? You you remember uh, you you y'all 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 remember Moses? Moses had a stuttering issue, speech impediment. He couldn't even speak. 
Moses also was a killer. He, he slayed an Egyptian, but God used him mightily to deliver the children of Israel out of Egypt into the promised land. Come on, somebody. God used another dude named Abraham. Y'all know Abraham. Father Abraham had many sons. Y'all know that here? And many. <laughs> yeah, I am one of them. Uh-huh. Right on, Father Abraham. Yeah. Oh, man, y'all have impressed me. <laughs> Had no idea y'all know that song in Australia. Father Abraham, father of many nations. Uh, father uh, of many nations was also uh, um, uh, went into a city with his cutie booty on his arm. And King started looking at his boo, said, is that you? He was like, this boo? I don't know if that's true. And he, he, he says, this is his sister. And the king says, cool, I'll take your boo because I'm going to make my dreams come true. So come on, girl, let me roll with you. So he takes the king's wife, and, and it took God to interrupt the situation with a disturbing dream to the king to stop him from taking Abraham's wife. Liar, liar, pants on fire. Abraham, father of many nations, liar, issues. Oh, come on, let's go to the New Testament. You know, y'all know Peter had some issues. You know, Peter was a sailor, but, but Peter had some, some mouth issues even after he met Jesus. The Bible says that when Jesus was taken to be crucified, he was warming himself by a barrel, and the Bible says that he denies Jesus three times, and on the third time, the Bible says he uses explicits. Hello. He uses explicits to disassociate himself with the Savior. That's a pretty way of saying he cussed. He said some words he shouldn't have said. He had a potty mouth. He had a bad attitude. But God still used this man even despite his issues. I need somebody in this room to be excited that God still uses people with issues. That means that there's hope for you. That means that God can do something with you too. That means that despite how you were raised and despite what you came through and despite everything that you've experienced, God still has a plan for your life and he will look beyond your issues and still use you. Hello, somebody. So we see this woman, we're back to the camera lenses, the woman, she's got some issues. Then we switch camera lenses and we see what I like to call the crowd. Okay. Now this is going to be an aerial uh, view. This is, this is from the drone shot because you got to see the crowd. I mean, there, there are people around Jesus, and the Bible says that there was a crowd of people. Can I, can I just get about six people to just come up these steps? Is that all right, Pastor? Can I, I just need six, six people. I promise I won't hurt you. I won't bite you. Okay, I, I showered this morning. I smell good. I promise I won't bite you, but I just need six good people to come around. Just come up here real quick. Hey, sir, you doing all right? You look yeah. great. I like that jacket. Very nice. You want okay. No, 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 it would fit me like a smedium. Smedium, you know what that is? That means it won't fit me. Come on. All right, yes. My holiday eating hasn't stopped yet. Y'all pray for me. So the Bible says that there was a crowd around Jesus, right? And the Bible says that they were all close to Jesus. Now, y'all come close. I won't bite. Come on, come on, come on. I won't bite you. All right, now, come on in here. Here we go. 
So, got to move this way, move this way. So the Bible says the crowd was around him, and they were moving, come on, let's move this way. And they were moving, and they were trying to do their thing, you know, you got this, you got the disciples around Jesus, hey, stop, don't touch Jesus, excuse me, I'm security, security, back up, lady, back up. You lady, touch him again, touch him again. You got all these people, come on. You can do so, so you got the people around him, and, and, we're, and they're all close, and they're pushing up against him. The Bible says that they were close enough they were throgging him. Now, when you look up the Greek word throg, that means they were close enough to crush him. This is how close the crowd was to Jesus as he was trying to make his way to Jairus' daughter. Yeah, they were close enough to crush him. And they, were, they were close enough to crush him. And while they were crushing Jesus, check this out. Let's crush and move this way. Crush. And we're going to Jairus' house. We're going to Jairus' house. I hold a very old. We're going to Jairus' house. And they were crushing him. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, with this big crowd around Jesus, Jesus stops everybody from touching him to say, who touched me? Why would Jesus have all of these people close enough to crush him, and Jesus stops the crowd to say, who touched me? Could it be possible to be close to Jesus, to come to church every Sunday, to show up and see the signs, the miracles, and the wonders, to be excited about miracles and discipleship, but yet still not be touching Jesus? Oh, no, this isn't possible to be close to Jesus and not touch him. And this is the epidemic that we found ourselves in because there was someone in this crowd that reached out and touched Jesus like no one else in the crowd was touching Jesus. Thank you guys so much. Thank you so much. Y'all give my volunteers a hand. <laughs> Hallelujah. There was someone in this crowd that was touching Jesus in such a way, even with the people pressing against him, he could sense something different about this crowd of people and this one individual who made themselves desperate enough to reach after Jesus. See, my, my, my thought is when I see this situation happen, People of God, church in 2019, we've got to be careful that we don't get just excited about coming around Jesus and being around him, that we forget that every single time we come into his presence, we're supposed to touch him. Every time I come into his presence, I need to touch him. Every time I see him, I need to touch him. Every worship song that goes forward, I need to touch him. Every time I get an opportunity to respond to an altar call, I need to touch him because I refuse to come close to the Savior and not really touch him because I need too much for him. Somebody say amen. amen. So you got the crowd who's really not touching Jesus, and then you got this woman who has stopped the whole show. Jesus has stopped everything. Everything around Jesus has stopped. The crowd grows silent to find out who touched Jesus, and we move from the touch to paying attention to a different camera lens to see this reach. Because with all of these people close to Jesus, I think we ought to ask a question about the reach. Because it sounds as though 
that the Bible says she touched the hem of his garment. So to me, as I'm looking, see, because our bishop teaches us to ask questions of the text, why would she have to reach from the back? Why did she have to reach for his garment from the back when she's there? I believe that this woman finally made a choice to get up out of her desperate place, to get out of her, to get out of her sackcloth and ashes, to get out of her mourning and frustration, to get out of her 12 years of frustration and anger, to get over the fact that maybe it's my fault, maybe I did something to be in this situation. Is it me that I do something wrong? She had to get past all of that, and I think she sat there and she debated as she watched Jesus, the miracle worker, the, the promise keeper, the one who can bring healing to her body. She saw him pass and finally she gets desperate enough to get after Jesus and she pushes past how she feels to get down on her hands and knees because now she's desperate and when you get desperate enough you'll do anything you don't care what people think anymore you don't care what you look like you don't care if you mess up your jacket you don't care if you mess up your hair you'll do whatever it takes to get a touch from Jesus and she's pursuing the Savior she's chasing after him and she's crawling down on all fours She's being stepped on. She's being mangled. Her hair is being stepped on. Everything is happening to her. She's going through pain while she's experiencing pain within. What does it must be like to be experiencing pain on the outside and on the inside? And with her last ounce of strength, the Bible says that she reaches for the hem of his garment and she touches the Savior's garment. And the Bible says immediately, somebody shout immediately. That's how God's going to change your situation in 2019. Somebody say immediately. That's how your family's going to get saved this year. Somebody say immediately. That's how your finances are going to go to another level. Somebody say immediately. That's how he's going to rescue your marriage. Somebody say immediately. Yeah, immediately the Bible says that she was healed and she stood upright and the unthinkable happens and we turn our attention to Jesus and a woman with an issue standing face to face. I can only imagine what it must have been like to have thousands of people around the Savior all pressing to see him do a miracle. And he does the miracle for you. And now he's staring at her face to face. And he says something to her that I would like the camera lens to switch to. He changes her name. Jesus says, who touched me? The Bible says she made herself known, and she said, it was I who touched you. And the next words that come out of Jesus' mouth changes everything. He doesn't call her woman with an issue of blood. He doesn't call her by her old name. He refers to her as something that we all desire from the Savior. He brings her into the family and says to her, daughter. Jesus. See, you've got to understand how significant this is. This woman went from a woman with an issue who was ostracized, who couldn't come into the house of God, now standing face to face with the Savior, and he looks at her and he calls her daughter. 
he dismisses everything that she was to embrace everything that she is. He forgets about her cloudy past and reminds her of her bright future. He says, woman, it doesn't matter what you've gone through. I've got a plan for you. Can I get someone on keys? I want to tell you about a woman that had an issue that lasted about 17 years back in the United States. Tell this story often. This woman had a severe issue. She grew up in a home where she got pregnant at age 12, had her first child at 13. How many of you know that's an issue? She got put out of her house because she told her mom that her mom's boyfriend was hitting on her. And instead of the mom putting the man out, she put the girl out. How many of you know that's an issue? She's now 13 years old, about to have her first child, living house to house, living with family members and friends, and people who are setting her up on dates with older men because she can't date old, younger men anymore. She needs men with money. This is what the family member tells her. How many of you know that's an issue? She's now practicing prostitution at age 13. <clears throat> she has the child on her own. Soon the child was taken from her and given to another family member to raise only to see her spiral out of control, being addicted to drugs, cocaine, and a life of prostitution. How many of you know that's an issue? And finally, at the age of 21, she gets pregnant again. <clears throat> but this didn't stop the issues from happening. This time she was old enough for no one to try and rescue this child from her. And at the age of 21, she has child who went into the streets with her as she would prostitute so that they would have a place to stay at night. He watched this woman be beaten to the very inch of her life by abusive men. He remembers the mother going into fast food restaurants and telling the managers that we don't have food, we don't have any money, and the manager would offer them food and say, anytime you and your child are hungry, you come, and I'll make sure you're taken care of. How many of you know that's an issue? Fast forward, she gets arrested on a probation violation. She goes to prison, and the boy is sent with a family member that's in worse condition than his mom was in while his mom is in prison. While the mom was in prison, the boy joined a gang. The boy witnessed someone be murdered. The boy experienced things that he shouldn't have experienced at the age of 12 and 13. The boy skipped school. The boy didn't do anything that he should have done. The boy would have to steal from the local mall to make sure that he had clothes and shoes because the person that his mother left him with was in such bad shape that all she could do was worry about her next high and when she would get her next hit. So he had to fend for himself. How many of you know that's an issue? While he was fending for himself, his mother was behind bars fighting for her life. And one day, they satellited in a preacher. And they invited the inmates to watch the preacher via satellite. And while the preacher was preaching the glorious gospel of Jesus Christ, something in this woman broke loose and every issue she had locked inside of her in this prison cell began to fall off of her 
freedom begin to come over her spirit. Freedom begin to come into her mind. The word of God begin to work off shackles and chains and the word of God begin to help her see her value and the word of God begin to help her to see that she was free. The word of God reminded her whom, whom the son has set free is free indeed. The word of God begin to tell her that anything that you can do, God can do it. And, and God began to say things to her while she was in prison and she began to be built up and she got out of prison on early behavior she was supposed to stay much longer but for some reason after she gets saved paperwork is scattered and she gets out of prison early only to find that that preacher that was satellited in had started a church in her city and now she goes to find her son the one that had at this point been to 16 different elementary schools, six different middle schools, and three different high schools who could not read or write on a comprehensible level, who was failing all of his classes. She gets this boy and she drags him to this church where this preacher who led her to Christ was. And the unthinkable happens. This boy finally makes a decision because his mother made a choice to bring her issues to the Savior. He brings his issues to Jesus too. And the brokenness that was in the boy began to break off of him as he attended this church and as he was introduced to Jesus and everything changed. He went from failing all of his school classes to now learning how to read because he told a teacher he couldn't read and she taught him hooked on phonics when no one else was around and he began to get caught up on his grades. He went to summer school, before school, after school. He did whatever it took to get caught up and his mother stayed on the right track and she loved Jesus and she stood as a testimony to him and she would see God do things and they would not have money and people would come and they would shake their hands and give them holy handshakes with just what they needed. They would see checks in the mail even though she was a convicted felon and she had a hard time keeping a job. And the unthinkable happens. He graduates high school on time, caught up with his class that he was behind in to go to college, to go off to college, to Bible college, because he felt called to the gospel. On to pastor young adults and youth at the Potter's House of Dallas. I wish I could tell you that it still doesn't hurt to think about why did God bring me all the way from the United States on your first Sunday I believe he wanted me to come here to remind you that you are greater than your issues that Greater is he that lives in you than he that would come against you in this world in 2019. Today, I'm a father, been married 17 amazing years to the same woman. My children sleep in the same beds. They have went to the same schools. They don't have to beg for food. They know where their meals are coming from. And I took my kids when I moved back to Dallas to some of the places that we used to have to beg from. And you know what we did? We paid for our food. And we sat down and I told my kids about the goodness of the Lord. Somebody say amen. <laughs> 
today my mother goes back out into the same streets that she wants prostitutes in and she rescues women off of the streets she has her own ministry that goes out and she partners with different organizations she partners with the city of Dallas judges to help these women that they do prostitution stings on to make sure that all of them don't get the same thing but they all get individualized counseling and help so that she's a peer advocate between the judge and the women on the streets my mother is now going back out into those streets that once had her bound and now she has become a lord over her issue and now she goes out and she inspires and she brings hope and that boy that went to 16 different elementary schools six different middle schools three different high schools didn't learn how to read until his second ninth grade year in high school has the opportunity to travel the world and tell people about the glorious power of Jesus Christ everyone stand to your feet One last point I want to make. We saw the woman, we saw the crowd, we saw the reach, we saw the father. Last thing I want to bring to your attention is the girl. You thought I forgot about the girl that was healed at the end? No. Jesus goes on to heal the woman. But let me tell you something, and this is what I want to leave you with in 2019 as you get ready to start your year. I believe. God had to interrupt this miracle that was on its way to Jairus' daughter. And it just so happened that he interrupts the miracle with a 12-year-old girl, with a woman who had an issue for 12 years. Because he had to inspire the parents, he had to help the parents have faith enough to believe that when he got to that girl, when he got there, he, it had to be public. She had to say it was me. The crowd had to see the woman. The crowd had to understand who she was. This story had to be told because it inspired the Bible says in revelations we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony and because of the power of her testimony the parents were able to go into that room with Jesus full of faith and full of courage and then they saw their daughter rise from the ashes and they saw her stand up and she got whole so you got a 12 year old girl and a 12 year old issue and it came together to create 24 this year I want to challenge you I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you to tell your story more. I want to challenge you to not just allow the preachers to tell the story of the gospel. 2018 is going to be your year to use your sphere of influence, your platform, your job, your social media, whatever it is, God is going to use you right where you are to make a difference in your sphere of influence. And when you begin to tell your story, I feel the Holy Ghost. When you begin to tell your story and you begin to talk about the goodness of the Lord and you begin to tell people what he brought you through and you begin to tell people how he set you free and you begin to tell people how he saved you, when you tell people how he snatched you out of darkness and he raised you up when you tell people you were used to be depressed and you're suicidal but the power of God hits you and it transforms you it will set other people free too so this is a sermon that gives you responsibility because I'm gonna leave but your testimony can live forever and I want to challenge you to be what you are a church of faith and I want you to go and impact your community and your sphere of influence and tell your story. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast from Faith Christian Church. To stay up to date, 
check us out at our website, faithcc.com.au.